It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P-Man. Philip the Ref Pilkington right across from me. And a special guest today... New Little League World Series PA announcer, Scott Rogers. You also know him as the ECU play-by-play announcer for baseball. And he's going to be doing a little bit of the Little League Softball World Series here in Greenville. More on that a little bit later as he's making the media rounds. Big-time star around here. He's got he's to take a tour of all the stations, do his little quick hits. But uh, let's get right into it. We finally had some football comeback last night. And I think a tweet that I found on Twitter here, I put on my personal Twitter at B Byram thirteen, go ahead and follow it. I need some followers. I got twenty five followers. I am not up. Wow, to... you're you're calling out people to follow you on Twitter. Lame. Oh man, that reminds Lame. me of somebody else I know begging for callers. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I, I need to get up to speed on Twitter. Apparently, Twitter's a move nowadays. But this guy Dan Alexander, I think he's just some random bum on Twitter tweeted. So how long until the football is back? Tweets turn into preseason t- sucks. Tweets. And I think that summed up the Hall of Fame game perfectly. I'm excited. I'm like, maybe they'll give Devontae Adams a few reps out there. Maybe we'll see uh, how things go here with Trevor Lawrence. They didn't play. The whole starting roster for uh, the Jags was out. Did Devontae Adams get a single snap? No, he no? didn't. Oh, wow. Didn't. That's disappointing. Yeah. Here's was the most disappointing part to me. These guys were in full pads. It's yeah. like, you know, if they're not going to play, yeah. put them in street clothes. They're out there stretching. You know, so there was like the weather yeah, delay. Uh, Trevor was, Lawrence uh, only was in his jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. He was in his dress. jersey and basketball shorts. But all these rated guys are out there in like full pads stretching before the game. They're, like, zooming in on him during the weather delay. Like, here's here's Derek Carr getting loose. Yeah. I, and now here's Derek Carr standing on the sideline with a headset on. Well, what makes it worse is goofy day. Chris Consworth on the broadcast is like, oh, you know Derek Carr. He's going to ask to come in. I think he's coming in after this next drive. I'm like, don't give me hope, Chris Consworth. Shut up, dude. If he comes in, he's going to start. Yeah. yeah no, I'm – I don't hate the preseason. It doesn't suck because it's good to see. I like to watch my team play because I like to know where our depth is. Yeah. Because injuries are a part of football, especially yeah. when you're a Panther fan. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's like we the starters used to play a little bit. Yeah. At least give them 10 plays. Now I understand these teams have an extra preseason game. They have four. Everybody else has three. Of course, everybody used to have four back in the day. You know, heck, the third game used to be a dress rehearsal. You used to play like a half or three quarters. But, yeah, yeah, I would like to see the starters minimum play 10 plays. Yeah, about all the starters we saw play in that game were kind of the first-round picks from this year, the rookies on the Jags' defense. And we saw some offensive linemen on the Raiders play just because they have a lot of moving pieces there. There's a lot of guys that kind of moved on or still have to prove themselves. Like Alex can't seem to not get a penalty Leatherwood. Kind of a long-winded nickname there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, ben. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Anyways, there's a lot of good stories from the uh, Hall of Fame game. Let's start start with Kyle Sloter here. Had the only passing touchdown in that game for the Jags. Now, he's got a unique story because we hear about the USFL and how that's going to translate and kind of what is its perf- purpose nowadays. And I've always maintained it's never going to compete with the NFL, but it's going to kind of be like the XFL where it works. is almost like a developmental league. 
And we saw that with Kyle Slaughter because Jake Luton came in, who's been with the Jags, had starts with the Jags, and didn't look very good at all. Kyle Slaughter comes in, doesn't look the best, has a 50% completion percentage. A lot of that is because you're working with, you know, receivers trying to make their way on the roster. He missed some throws, though. Yeah. But he get, missed some throws. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they all do. I mean, even Stidham was looking like a bum every once in a while, even though he overall had a solid game. But, uh, yeah, Slaughter comes in, comes off one of the worst teams, if I remember correctly, from the USFL and the New Orleans Breakers, uh, gets signed to the Jaguars, one of the first big signings from the USFL, comes in, gets the only passing touchdown, it looked like the best quarterback in the game uh, compared to Jared Stenham and uh, Jake Luton here, who had starts under his belt. So I think that's a hey, good Nick story. Nick Mullins played too. He yeah. looked oh, better he than was, Nick Mullins, who's legit been yeah. a player in this league. Yeah, I don't think Nick Mullins, looking at the uh, the box score here, didn't have a single completion. So what I'm hearing is don't sleep on the USFL. Don't sleep on the USFL. Right. It seems like, I mean, they've had about – the same success when it comes to guys coming from the XFL to the NFL. I mean, they've had about the same success as the XFL. I say with the USFL, don't sleep on it. Use it as a developmental league. Yep. But please, please do not try and move it to the oh fall my God, here we go. and get it to compete with the NFL here. at Donald Trump, who yeah. decided oh to God. mess it up. That's not where I want this to go. No, I'm not. Hey, I'm not talking. Hey, you know, if, if we're talking politics, I'd be defending Trump over here. Oh, it's, this is, this is, uh, I'm not trying to talk it. But, you know, that was the one thing that he really screwed up was moving that darn USFL to the fall. Another big starter we saw play was Josh Jacobs. Uh, five uh, Got five carries for 30 yards. Didn't get a touchdown, but averaged six yards per carry. Looked really good. And then Zamir White, the rookie, comes in. Uh, had 11 carries for 52 yards. Looked really good. Really stood out. A little under five yards per carry, but nonetheless really did stand out in the pass game and the uh, rushing game or the, or the uh, running game here. So, Credit to Zamir White. Maybe a guy we'll see down the line um, who's kind of been a standout and is in the first game so far that might get some reps moving forward. I like Zamir White. I know we got a Raiders fan in there in Mississippi, our intern in Mississippi, by the way. Chris Cook on the ones and twos, Cookie. Mississippi, what were your thoughts on Zamir White? I thought he looked really, really good there. Yeah, Zamir White looked really good. I really like what the Raiders have going on with their run game, including with Brandon Bolden and Amir Adula. Yeah. But the thing I'm concerned about is Josh Jacobs playing on uh, on the game yesterday. So. Yeah, I guess he's – yeah, I didn't understand that either with all their starters out. For some reason, Josh Jacobs was still playing – and they kind of chalked it down to the broadcast or on the broadcast team that he's kind of playing since he got that de- or that fifth year option decline that he's kind of playing to prove a point here. It's like he's Josh Jacobs, dude. Even if he's not on the Raiders, somebody will pick him up and he'll have a place somewhere. He's been yeah. I didn't see him having too much to prove really. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like he's a solidified guy in the NFL. I think he's borderline top ten running back. Yeah, I, even I would definitely say that. There's for a sure. privy of running backs in this league. Plenty of them. You can find them anywhere that can go out and rush for a hundred yards. But he's clearly like borderline top ten guy. That was that was odd for sure. An odd moment in that game. And just look at all the guys that rush for the Raiders. Had a weird offense going here. Keelan Cole got a rush. Kenyon Drake, who I thought was going to be a big factor in the run game for the Raiders, rushed five times for only nine yards. So really, really disappointed. Still, though, you rushed five times, only got nine yards, and averaged 1.8 yards per carry in a preseason game against the twos and threes. That's definitely 
a cause for concern there. So. Well, he had the twos and threes offensive line in there blocking for him. There was one time that, he got gobbled up for a loss of like though. four this, yards. This guy's been a carries. starter and had good games, though. Like, no, you I agree, but if, when, you, when you have only five touches and one of them's like for negative four yards because you get gobbled up the minute you get the ball handed to you, it's yeah. going to gonna really hose up. All average. I'm saying is Josh Jacobs had five touches. 30 yards. I'm, I, clearly, there's a talent discrepancy He there. played with the one O-line. But Kenyon, Kenyon Drake is not too far. I mean, Kenyon Drake's a pretty good running back, so that was definitely a cause for concern. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that game as a whole, complete wash. What do we expect? That How about the, it up. the first overall draft pick getting a sack for the first time? Well, yeah, that was another thing. First play of the game, a BS rough in the passer call, and this that's when you knew the NFL was back. BS rough in the Thanks, passer. Thanks, Carl Jeffers. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. I mean, BS rough in the passer call and Trayvon Walker, who I thought had an okay, you know, I don't know if he – I thought he looked all right, yeah. He looked all right. Didn't blow me away by any means. I never thought he should have been the first overall pick. The fact that Trayvon Walker, the week leading up to the draft, all of a sudden was the first overall pick, clearly caught me off guard. And even the broadcast team brought this up. He Not that he was bad at Georgia. He definitely wasn't a superstar at Georgia. It's because they were so loaded on that defense. He was not the best guy on that defense. And the fact that he was the number one overall pick, that's a clear potential and kind of molding thing more than anything. And For I don't sure. Think, I don't think you need to do that with your first overall pick. And he looked all right. He got a sack, but wasn't great by any means. Definitely was having – we're definitely struggling against the ones and twos uh, at the Raiders' tackle position for sure. Had some really bad breaks, so uh, – Trayvon Walker, the jury's out, but was not impressed overall. What did you guys think? Maybe they should have gone with Hutchinson. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Hutchinson would have been a more sure thing, I thought, than uh, Trayvon Walker. Uh, just to be honest with you, I, it still blows my mind he was the first overall pick. I think the reason they did what they did is because he played multiple positions. Hutchinson, yes, is the better player, yep. but the fact that if somebody gets injured, you can move him around. Yep. And they really invested a lot in the offseason. I think the Jags could actually have a pretty darn good season. Oh, I think so, um, too. And, you know, the defense is what's going to be left to be desired, but you might as well go for kind of a home run guy, I guess. And I'm usually more conservative when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day um, – like you said, potential. you got to go for the upside of it, I guess. Because normally you would go with the safe bet at number one, but also normally it's, normally when you have the number one overall pick, you don't have your franchise quarterback on the roster and a bunch of receivers. I, I don't like potential picks the first overall pick, no matter the position. But uh, the thing that really bothered me about it is that screen Chucky pick to me. That's the most Chucky pick you could possibly have made. Just purely potential and athleticism, more so than the sure thing stats from college, a sure thing guy. That scream just John Gruden pick all over, and then you keep claiming how hey, you want to move away from that. You kind of want to forget the John Gruden era, and you just you're kind of making the same exact moves that he made that kind of got you in this in this this point or got you to this point pretty much. Even though the Raiders were a playoff team, they barely got there, and they were very close to not being a playoff team. Um, I, I just didn't like that pick at all when it came to Trayvon Walker, even though he was on the Jags. It screamed. It screamed Chucky pick to me. It just I don't know. I didn't like that pick at all. I, I question the Jags front office when it comes to that one for sure. But moving on, uh, talking a little bit more about the NFL, probably the biggest news that's getting some play, but people are not buying into it too much. I saw Cowherd go in on this a little bit just because he's an Aaron Rodgers hater. He's He acknowledges he's a top-five quarterback, but never been a big Aaron Rodgers guy. But, uh, hey, Aaron Rodgers doing drugs now. 
I had heard about that. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. He said that played a huge part in him winning uh, two MVPs. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, that sounds like a druggie. Anyways, <laughs> he uh, apparently went on this ayahuasca experience. Now, I do know about this ayahuasca stuff, so apparently you go to one of these. I'm actually not familiar with it. Okay, well, let me enlighten the listeners here. Let, let me enlighten everybody in the room right now. So this ayahuasca deal, I think it's all placebo, like, you definitely get psychedelic effects from it, but it's a rich status thing. Because when you look at the people who have done ayahuasca and say it changed their life, it's people like Miley Cyrus, those types that have done it. And they just, it's, I think it's just a, something, a status thing. It's something to do because they're bored. They just want something for it social probably media. Sounds about yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, says it uh, helped him unconditionally love, which may explain another thing in Aaron Rodgers' life right here. Uh-oh. We'll get a little bit more into Uh-oh. that. Says it kind of helped him with his mental health, and he did credit it for him winning back-to-back MVPs. Is he going off the deep end here? I mean, he never said he wanted to play till 45 like Tom Brady or anything here, but... Maybe a new outlook on life. Yeah. Due to psychedelics, yeah, I don't know. Ayahuasca is as drunk as a liquid can be and can affect a person's thinking, sense of time, and emotions. Uh, clearly hasn't been the case for Aaron Rodgers when it comes to on the football field. So maybe this is something to look forward to. But I've always saw it as a status thing. It's always been something the rich types do, just as a status of what's well, he really fits, weird. I would say he fits that group that you're oh, yeah, like describing for sure. Yeah. Uh, going furthermore into Aaron Rodgers here, he reportedly has a new girlfriend, which usually I don't buy into these tabloids. I think they're dumb. Who cares? But here's where things get a little weird. Um, he's now dating a self-proclaimed witch. Like she practices witchcraft. Yes, more on that later. Huh, okay. She calls herself Blue of Earth. That's her name, Blue of Earth, her legal name. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, her birth name was Charlotte Barrettenton, something along those lines. Now she's Blue of Earth, has a bachelor's degree in broadcast communication, but describes herself as a witch and is into psychedelic drugs. Hey, maybe she's the one that got him on. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I could totally see Uncle, that being yeah, what happened. She, dude, that's what they say, man. You get him hooked on drugs and you got a pal for life right there. He's like, hey, I got some mental health problems. She's like, don't worry, I got you. Yeah. Here's another thing she's got going on here. She's the co-founder of Flore- Fluorescence, a modern mystery school for women to reclaim the magical, radically authentic, wise, wild, unapologetic, un- unapologetic part of themselves. What is going on? Interesting. Are you sure. are you concerned about your quarterback here? Because it's definitely would, weird. If, if hey, if he's saying that it helped him win two MVPs, then I'm not complaining. But this definitely is a little. Uh, I don't know if it's off the deep end, but uh, this is definitely kind of questionable for sure. Yeah, I guess the the big question here is: This is going to affect Aaron Rodgers moving forward. Is this going to affect how he feels about his football career and all that? which was already shaky from the jump. He was already contemplating retirement. Hey, he's, he's got that new contract now. Yeah. Though. Now we'll he's see. all he went all Hollywood on us from Green Bay, Wisconsin, to Hollywood Rodgers now. Well, he's always had Hollywood girlfriends. but uh, That's for sure. He, here's the thing with, with me. Ben, I agree with you. It probably is a placebo junk yeah. thing. But the mind is a powerful thing. And belief in yourself is the same thing with teams, man. Most talented teams don't always go win the most games, don't always win the championship. It's the teams that believe. So if he believes that this stuff is helping him mentally, especially, uh-huh. and the quarterback position is such a mental position, and that's what's helped him get to back-to-back MVPs, then it has. And it's yep. not that the actual literal effects of whatever he's taken has made his body that much better, but it's just the fact that he is – told himself that it makes him that much better and 
you know, he Probably already had his mind. It, up it opened bit, his yeah. mind. Yeah, he already had to have the talent. We already knew he had yeah. MVP type talent. He won one. Did he win one in 2011 when you guys were 15 and one? Correct. Yeah. So he already had that talent. He was feeling down about himself. And this has got him back to a better mental state where he can reach his full potential. His full potential is a Hall of Fame quarterback, as we know, is arguably the best in the game right now. So if it takes something, you taking something, whether it be a placebo or whether it minorly affecting you to just believe in yourself again, then, yeah, it has helped him win it. And, you know, if that's what it takes to win, then that's what it takes to win. You know, the whole thing of, like, do anything short of cheating and taking steroids to win – if this is what it takes, I mean, heck, you know, anything I would have done anything when I played to win besides here. cheating. All right. I'll pose a question for everybody in the room here. Would you rather have a quarterback, much like the Panthers do right now, who's gunning for uh, media deals or commercial gigs with progressive uh, at openly at press conferences or Bojangles instead of worrying about football, or would you rather have a quarterback that's talking about he's openly doing psychedelic drugs and uh, it says it changed his life. Is this, is this specifically like Rodgers and Mayfield? or is Rodgers like and Mayfield. A, you dude, put the pieces oh, together. Dude, I, I'm taking Rodgers over I, Mayfield. I'm not saying which one did. you rather have. Which situation as a fan would you rather be in right now? Uh, that's a good question because I feel like a lot of quarterbacks especially like go after the stuff like Baker is, but uh, you don't hear too many talking about like being on psychedelics. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an easy answer. Okay. It's, it's no – the psychedelics, if he if it claims it helps you on the field, I'm taking that all day over a guy who cares about his endorsement deals. Endorsement deals don't help you anything between those white lines. Yep. And the Very bottom line point, is you yeah. gotta go out there and you gotta play on the field. You gotta win games on the field. I don't give a crap what my quarterback's bank account looks like. I don't care if he's, you know, messing around with progressive and I'm gonna go try me some bone jangles. Like, I don't like that at, at training camp press conference sessions though, where yeah. you're you're openly trying to get Bojangles a sponsor. Yeah, but hey, about. you know what? Oh man, I'm taking these drugs, but hey, I'm playing better. I'm playing to my full potential. Yeah. I would much rather have the guy on the drugs that's letting him play his full potential. I think because so he's too. worried about the drugs make him worry about football. The the progressive and bojangles make him worry about progressive and bojangles. What do you say, Mississippi? Would you rather a quarterback that's openly taking psychedelics? Or a guy who's gunning for uh, media or ad deals here with Baker Mayfield. I'd rather have a quarterback that's really trying to win. So there you I'll go. take that instead of uh, trying to get a progressive deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, okay. So Aaron Rodgers, it is. I I agree, just because Aaron Rodgers has shown it. But this is definitely a weird deal all about, and does concern me a little bit. And uh, the bit, just one more question, your bigger question. First of all, does psychedelics pop up on a drug test, and how is he passing a drug test? I, so I have some friends in the military, and they tell me that it does not. Oh, okay. All right. So I would say no to that. So you're saying psychedelics is the move. Uh, Chris hey, Cook right be. now is openly endorsing psychedelics. Hey, no, to let's our not listeners. go. Hey, let's not go that far. <laughs> but I don't think it shows up on a test. Hey, it's, no. a, it's on your ass, Cookie. <laughs> all right, more on that in a little bit. Scott Rogers has joined us in the studio. Big star around here. Had to make the media rounds. Now Little League uh, World Series PA announcer going to do some stuff for the softball World Series in Greenville, and you know him as the Eastview baseball play-by-play announcer. We'll catch up with Scooter on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. In the cool of the evening everything is getting kind of All right, I can get behind this. Not too bad. Oh, yeah, you like that? Yeah, I, I can take the gold Light a, light a cigar, you know, driving downtown. Yeah, right. Great song. Patrick, or not Patrick, Michael put me on to that this morning. Oh, he actually. loves the yeah. for sure. He'll talk to you about two hours. 
You know, no joke, Michael was talking to me once in the van. Well, I forgot where we were going, maybe a remote or something. And I was falling asleep while he was talking to me. He never noticed, never skipped a beat. Kept, probably kept talking, I'm guessing. Yeah, I just kept talking. Yeah, that I don't sounds even know like if he Michael. Ever looked my way <laughs> that whole time. Love Michael, though. But yeah, I just the, one last thing on this Blue of the Earth deal with Aaron Rodgers. She must have some bomb. Never mind, I'm not going to finish that sentence. I'll let you draw your conclusions of what she has that's really bomb when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But moving on, we got our man. One of my good pals had a lot of fun working with him during the ECU baseball season. Scott Scooter Rogers, you know him as Scooter. Got some big news or big things going in his life right now. Let's just start with what's happening in Greenville. I know you've been working with this all week. A lot of interesting stories going on with this Little League Softball World Series. First of all, when does that start? What are tickets looking like, and what should, what should you expect from the League Softball World Series here in Greenville? We will get uh, started next Tuesday, August 9th, at uh, Elm Street Park. We'll have games pretty much every day from 10, 1, 4, and 7. Uh, we finish up next Monday, the 15th of August, so pretty much a week-long tournament. It's a double elimina- modified double elimination format, which is it's a double elimination tournament up until the championship game, and then it's... Winner take all. Uh, you mentioned tickets, absolutely free. There's oh, no, there we go. The only uh, tickets that will kind of be out there are the uh, teams have a certain amount of passes that will have reserved seating, and then VIPs for the event will have absolutely. some reserved seating. But other than that, everything else is uh, general admission. Pretty much if you can find a spot, you can sit there pretty much. Uh, parking, the main parking lot will be the College Hill lot, which is right at the bottom of College Hill just off of 10th Street, and it's a short five-minute walk right down the greenway to Elm Street Park. And, uh, you know, we're we're really excited this year, you know, not having pretty much any COVID restrictions in terms of crowds or having – No mask. Right. <laughs> and uh, not having to deal with anything like that is, is really good this year. And to be able to showcase Greenville and Elm Street Park to the world is going to be awesome this year. Absolutely. Hey, Scooter, tell me if I'm wrong, but there are more international teams in it this year than there has been in the past, correct? Uh, correct. We have four international teams this year, ranging from uh, the Philippines, Canada, Italy, and Puerto Rico. And the American field expanded to eight teams uh, for this year's tournament. So I know you're kind of like been helping out, checking guys in, getting guys accommodated, or getting the, the ladies accommodated here for the Softball World Series. Any, any interesting stories when it comes to these international teams coming in? A lot of times this might be their first time coming to America or seeing what it's like or being in a tournament like this. Just any fun stories when it comes to those international teams, just getting to know them or meet them or checking them in? Yeah, I've been interacted with the uh, Philippines team and the uh, Puerto Rican team so far today. And you know, I've, I've told many people this is that this was going to be one of the funner parts of the tournament is being able to experience that different culture yeah. of these international teams. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you mentioned some fun stories. I believe it was the Philippines team last night got into Greenville shortly before 1 a.m. last night, and they were met with a crowd from the local Filipino community yeah. here in Greenville. They were cheering them on when they got off the bus from the airport, giving them food. And, you know, you being able to, you know, I didn't get to see that last night, but, you know, I was told about it this morning. And, you know, those are just some of the cool things that you'll see from this. And being up in Williamsport, 
a few times and seeing, you know, how everybody embraces those other cultures up there. This is going to be one of the best parts of this tournament. Absolutely. Are you the uh, PA announcer for this, or are you just helping out for operations? I or? will. I have about four or five games on PA. Okay. Uh, I, I actually make the schedule. Throwback. For a little thir- throwback assignment for yeah. you. That's kind of where you got your starters yep. doing PA. Absolutely. So. And, uh, you know, I make the schedule for the press box. We got uh, Brian Hanks coming in from Kinston. There you go. Doing a few games. Uh, Richard Allsbrook from here in Greenville, and then also Joshua Brazil, who uh, did a lot of our local league games this year as well. So announcing-wise, we're going to be in really good shape this year. Absolutely, absolutely. And if they take it from the best right here, this guy made his craft or honed his craft doing PA announcing. So if they get the official uh, scooter seal of approval here, you know they're going to be good. <laughs> One more thing, though, before we uh, carry on about the Little League World Series, more on that a little bit later in this next segment. But I want you to think about this going to break, and we'll bring this song up coming back from break. But if you could choose any walk-up song, since you're a PA announcer, that's kind of the deal there. If you could choose any walk-up song, if you were a player, what would it be? I'm going to have Scooter think about that. But first, we're going to throw it over here for Chris for a quick 94 through the game sports update. All right, thank you, Ben. Starting things off, Thursday saw 94-3 the game's first extended conversation with East Carolina basketball head coach Mike Schwartz. You can listen to the complete interview at 943thegame.com. In other ECU uh, news, incoming East Carolina University baseball freshman Parker Bird underwent a successful below-the-knee amputation Thursday, his mother announced. Bird has now undergone eight surgeries after suffering serious leg damage in a Beaufort County boating accident back in July. The Raiders are opening the 2022 NFL preseason with a win. Las Vegas topped the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-11 in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Jarrett Stidham started the game under center for the Raiders and completed eight of his 15 passes for 96 yards. Stidham also ran for a 12-yard touchdown. Josh, Josh Jacobs carried the ball five times for 30 yards. The Panthers are back in action today after taking a break from training camp. The team continues to practice at Wofford College in Spartanburg, and the team is making another transaction. Long snapper Thomas Fletcher was cut, and cornerback Tay Hayes was signed after spending the last season on the practice squad. Meanwhile, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are still expected to split reps evenly. In other NFL news, the Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin practiced today in full pads for the first time since his ACL injury, and Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas participated in one of his first high-level practices of the year. There's currently a three-way tie on top of the leaderboard for the Wyndham Championship. Brandon Wu, Hu Young Kim, Ryan Moore are all currently nine under. Harold Varner, the third, is even after two rounds and is projected to miss the cut. That'll do it for your 93 The Game Sports Update. Sending it back to Ben Byron. Signed it, yeah. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Miss, 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 Coming up the bat from Greenville, North Carolina. First baseman, plays a little outfield. Scott. Scooter Rogers! How was that introduction? You know, I'm, I'm trying out for PA now. How does that sound? That was way too good for someone who's going to strike out, probably. I was thinking, we were talking about during break, and you brought up a good one. Careless Whisperer would probably be mine. The problem is I get in my own head, 
I'll be feeling myself. I'll point out a lady in the crowd like this one's for you, and then strike out. It'll be like the ultimate just fumble. I mean that. I don't know how long that would last. Sounds like something Philip would do. Oh, Cliff would hate. (laughs) I see how it is. Call me out. Isn't there a movie? Isn't there a movie where a guy like points to a girl in the crowd and then? And then totally screws up. I don't remember if it's specifically a baseball movie, but it's a sports movie. Honestly, I came up with that on my own, but I don't <laughs> doubt it. I can't even remember what it is. Yeah. I have no idea. What would idea. be yours, Philip? I'm very interested now. Oh, what would be my walk-up song? It's oh, going to be Kickstart My Heart. <laughs> nah. Let's see, I was about to say, like, I like the whole Here Comes the Boom that everybody does, but I'm not uh, a power hitter. I'm a line drive hitter, so I don't know. I get it. Let me get back to you on that one. Yeah, I would. I don't know. I would. I'm too goofy, man. I would come up with something that just troll people or make baby shark. <laughs> yeah, see that one's. I don't know. That would even annoy me a little. That, bit. that would be such a Ben walk up song right there. I'd probably come up with something dumb too. But I don't. I don't, honestly, I'd probably come out with some like banger country song. Let's be honest. I would never make it through the season, man, because I would think about the stuff that's not important like this and get in my own head. But let's get it right into it. Very uh, exciting thing happened for you in the off season once the uh, baseball season was over. You were announced as a PA announcer for Little League, uh, the Little League Baseball World Series up in Williamsport. First of all, how does that even come about? So just throughout our connections, you know, hosting the Softball World Series, you know, I had said, you know, hey, you know, I'd love to do it one day. And, yep. you know, time went on. And so around April, May this year, I sent an email to uh, Brian McClintock up in Williamsport. And I said, hey, you know, I said, you know, I know we talked about it last year, but if you have any, if you have any extra spots, I said, I would love to do it. Yep. And, you know, he was graciously enough to give me uh, four games this year. I have two American games and two international games, and uh, very excited about that. You know, Little League's been such a big part of my life, and this will be my fourth trip to Williamsport. And, you know, being it, this year, being able to announce is going to be really cool. It's Absolutely. it's It's something, you know, that – I told uh, someone the other day, I said, you know, it's almost like when I got the ECU job, I yeah. said, you know, you, you need to pinch me to make sure I'm still uh, awake over here and make sure I'm not dreaming. Yeah. Dude, Scooter's been on a roll, man. He's got his dream gig with ECU baseball <laughs> and the PA announcing with uh, the Little League Baseball World Series. I want some of what he's having. What is your diet looking like right now? I need not to good. The thing. It has a lot of sup dogs and diet coke in hey, it, so I it's think not the best. I think that's an excuse for me to eat whatever I want now. <laughs> hey, I was about to say, though. R.I.P. to Vin Scully, but now there's another announcer. Well, I guess he had retired a few years ago. Okay, Phil's hella gassing you up right now. I was about to say, hey, man, you know, Scooter's be climbing up the ladder. Scully's gone. Hey, he's got a good start. How old are you, Scooter? Like 20, 21 years old? just turned 22. 22? Oh, so you're older than I am. Yeah. Man, look out for me. I'm a young gun. (laughs) No, I I would never be a play-by-play guy. And I will never be in the same category as Vince Scully. There we go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Philip really gassing you up there. I I, I didn't say that he was going to be in the same category as I said. There's there's opportunities open at the top. And that's no disrespect to you, Scooter, but Vince Scully is in a category. Oh, maybe argue. Mike Emmerich, the hockey announcer, would maybe even the only guy that you could remotely. You ever do hockey? No. Yeah, I couldn't if, do If hockey. someone told me to announce a hockey game, I'd say, you got to tell me what to say. Yeah, yeah. hockey's <laughs> just too fast. It's like you have to know, like, you think you have to know every player's name in other sports. In hockey, you really better know it because you don't have time to look down at your sheet at all. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, going back to this Little League Baseball World Series here, I'm just talking about what is the, like, a lot of people around here probably have never been to Williamsport, uh, probably don't know what the Little League Baseball World Series is kind of game day operations the environment is like just kind of explain that a little bit just the environment in general the atmosphere at a league at a little league baseball world series and why that kind of grasps you a little bit 
and kind of got you to the point where you wanted to be involved? What about it just made it something you had to be a part of? The the environment in Williamsport is, you know, it's it's second to none. You know, there's there's nothing like it. You know, when you're when you're in either Lamity Stadium or Volunteer Stadium up there, you know, when there's, you know, at, at times 20-some thousand people there watching a Little League game, it's you can't match it. And, you know, especially when it's an international game and you have, like we talked about a few minutes ago, all those different cultures there. You know, when you have the Japan parents cheering on, when you have the Mexico parents there cheering their yeah. kids on, you know, it's, it's so much fun to watch that kind of stuff when you're there. But, yeah. you know, just uh, you don't, it's almost like the Masters, you know, you don't really grasp it until you go there and yeah. see it. And, you know, that's probably the best way to put it because you don't understand how special that place is until you go there for the first Absolutely. time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm stoked that you're a part of it for sure. I mean, this is something you definitely deserve, you know. Um, a guy that got a lot of flack at the beginning of the ECU baseball season, let's, let's face it, and un, unrightfully so. And then people finally came around to realize this guy actually knows what he's doing and deserves to be in this position. So – I love to see it for you because you definitely deserve it. But Philip wants to chime in here. What do you got to say, Philip? So I got to ask at uh, at Lomity Stadium, are we going to get a video of you sliding down the hill on a cardboard box? I have. Uh, is that a thing? I don't it know. Is. About, that is the thing. Yeah, I don't that know the traditions there. Is that a tradition? It is. I have been. This will be my fourth trip, and I have never slid down the hill, and I probably will not because no, you have to now. <laughs> now you have to. Oh Come on, God. you're working there. Philip is like really gassing you up. And trying I guess to so. No, that, that's a stuff. tradition. If you go to if you go to Little League World Series, you've got to do that. I'm so, sorry, that's a dumb tradition. You know what? So you know what? I, you're a dumb that. person. So, <laughs> that's so if I break my leg going down the hill, am I going to see uh, okay. you? Yeah. Dude, he's got to make sure his vocal cords are right. You know, <laughs> a freak accident can happen. He can catch like a okay. cleat to go, the go throat with, or something. Maybe it's not the best idea, but if you don't want to break your leg, go ahead first. <laughs> so <laughs> I get concussion. Thanks, Philip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Thanks for that. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Maybe you. I don't know. You wouldn't be drinking on the job. You're too professional. I was about to say maybe you get a couple of scoot wisers in you and <laughs> decide you want to go down that hill. It might be peer pressure, dude. You might get there and be like, "Oh, everyone else is doing it. Looks like a lot of fun. Let me do it." It's uh, it's interesting to see. You know, there's there's probably 300 kids on that hill at a time sliding down. It's fun to watch, and I know the major league. Players, when they come up there for the Little League Classic, they've done it in the past. But that's just one of many traditions up in Williamsport. Well, I mean, sub dogs diet aside, it looks like you've been working out. It looks like you've been hitting the weights. Maybe you could tackle a few kids out of the way and let them know. I'm the PA announcer. I want that box right there, and I'm going down. Don't you know I'm a big star around here? Throw your weight around a little bit, Scott. No, I am, not, I am not a big star in R, and I definitely have not been hitting the gym lifting weights. Hey, Scooter, are you going to get speaking of that game? Are you going to get to go to the major league game while you're up there? Do you know yet? Yeah, we're we're working on that. Okay, oh, working okay. on it. Yeah. Trying to I'm trying to, to find it. Who's playing this year? I don't even remember. It is the Red Sox and the Orioles. That's this bad year. that I didn't even know that because I'm a Red Sox fan. Yeah, well, I mean, there it's just go. another game. I mean, it's not really a playoff game or anything. Like, I usually they just throw random teams up there. So, hey, we are not a random team. Y'all are a random team. Yeah, we sure. suck, but we're not a random team. I felt bad. because You're I, a Mets fan. Shut up, Ben. It, it got bad because I was watching the Mets-Yankees game a couple of weeks ago, and there was a highlight of the Red Sox playing, and they were like blue and yellow, and I started clowning Phillip. I was like, dude, what is this minor league team that's popping up in my highlights right now? And it completely made me feel bad because it was like, it was like an ode to like, or like a tribute to the people that like passed away in the Boston Marathon bombing. I felt so horrible after that. And Philip had was there for the Boston Marathon bombings, so that made it even worse. Like after I just clowned his team in the uniforms, I, I stand by though. Those uniforms did not look great. I'm sorry. 
But they should have made blue the primary color instead of yellow. That was the problem. I thought I was watching like the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Like my, my mom got the uh, like the marathon jacket from that year. She ran it, and the primary color was blue with yellow trim, and it doesn't look bad. Yeah. But the the yellow with the blue trim is just horrendous. Your Red Sox have been slumping a little bit though, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. they, they look starting like the pitching Beach has been Pelicans. atrocious. Yeah, got that Eric Cosmer though. That's supposed to be a big deal. Hell if I know. Yeah, I sorry, Philip. I didn't know. I thought it was, I still think. It's I'm sorry. I mean, people can come at me about that. Those jerseys were horrendous. I'm not a big fan of the City Connect jerseys all over across. That's, so that's what they were, technically, the City Connect jerseys? Yeah. They are. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a scooter on this. Just like, do the ball. The Rockies ones are horrendous. Yeah. Um, trying to think, what do y'alls look like, Scooter? Are y'alls nice, the Braves? the Braves? I don't think they have one. Oh. Yeah, I don't think every that's team smart. has yeah. one. I, think, I know the Mets don't have one. Oh, that's uh, good, yeah, because yeah, like Scooter said, they're kind of ugly. Yeah, the Mets would probably just do the Blacks. Which is a good look. I, for it the is. Mets. It is a sweet look for sure. Every time, like the few Mets hats that I have are those black Mets hats for sure because those are just so nice. But we'll chop it up with Scooter a little bit more. A little general sports talk coming up on the other side of this time out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Warren Store coming up. Hell yeah! This is the song that's playing when Scooter comes down the hill. Everybody, look go. out! Highway to the danger zone. <laughs> Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben D. Baby Barnes, filling in for the team, man. Phil the Rev, Pilkington, right across from me. And Scott Scooter Rogers in the studio with us. And uh, let's get right into it. Talking about the other sport when it comes to uh, ECU here. Let's get right into it. You're your bread and butter here, ECU baseball. A lot of guys leaving for the transfer portal. Uh, just your opening thoughts on that. A lot of, uh, I guess you could say, key guys like Ryder Giles. Cunningham did enter the portal, then decided to back out a few others. Trey Savage graduates looking for a, some kind of major league deal somewhere. A lot of key guys leaving. It's going to be an interesting dynamic yes, what, next year with this ECU baseball team that was already very young and needed the veteran presence. Yeah, you know, I think it's just, you know, today's age of college athletics. Yep. You know, everybody wants to get in the transfer portal. But, uh, you know, like you said, you know, there is a couple names that left East Carolina and, you, you know, whatever happened there, you know, it doesn't matter. They're still pirates. You know, they, yep. they were, they'll always be a pirate. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out and you need a fresh start, and maybe that's the case for them. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Ben Twilliger uh, opting out of his final year to try to get into professional baseball, and, you know, Ben's definitely got it. You know, yep. he's the one that deserves a shot at that, just like Bryson Worrell this year. You yep. know, he didn't get drafted. but Which was Bra- insane, by the way. Right, yeah. but Braves were graciously enough to give him a chance with that free agent Your deal. Team. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's what a lot of guys need is they just need a chance sometimes and go out there and prove it. I think there's a little politics involved here. I think Scooter made a call up there to the uh, Atlanta's front office there yeah. saying, hey, this guy stuck. Yeah, I, I dialed up Alex Anthopoulos and got him to get do a uh, free agent deal <laughs> I, for Dude, him. I know you got him on speed dial up I there. wish. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for sure when you consider the fact, looking this past year at this team, this was a team that was already very young, a lot of questions coming in. And even at the midpoint of the season, we were still kind of a barely a 500 team. There was a lot of questions surrounding this team and the younger talent. And now a lot of those younger guys are transferring out. Now look at it this way. They they had their fun at ECU. They did what they needed to do. Got us to our Super Regional. Uh, they got us somewhere we thought wasn't even possible early in the season. Uh, I would even come out and say, and you can hound me all you want for this, at 943 the game on Twitter, that uh, this team overperformed. By all means, I thought overperformed when they got were able to host a Super Regional. So they, I mean, they they contribute a lot to the Pirates. Just be gracious. 
be grateful for them. And a lot of these guys have been in Eastern North Carolina their whole lives. A lot of these recruits are from the area. I'm not opposed to them getting a chance somewhere elsewhere, let's say at an SEC-level school or an ACC school and playing at a little bit of a bigger school and having a better shot going to the MLB. Not saying guys from East U can't go to the MLB, but it's nice to get more eyes on you and play for bigger programs like that. And I don't think we should dog those guys for that whatsoever, absolutely. Yeah, no, and, you know, you look at, you know, let's just say Ryder Giles, who is going to Kentucky this year. You know, yeah. Ryder poured his heart and soul into this program yeah. for the past four years. And, you know, you know, you got that connection there, you know. And you see that a lot, especially guys that, you know, when yeah. they get their degree, if they got that last year of eligibility, they'll go somewhere. And I think that's – Kind of the situation here for Ryder, but, you know, whoever left, you know, you wish them all the best, for sure. You want them to succeed wherever they go, and, uh, you know, like I said, they'll always be a pirate no matter where they're at. Absolutely. Going into ECU football season here, big game to start out on September 3rd. Kind of a dream matchup if you're a pirate fan here in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium against a very hot, a very coveted uh just a very hyped-up NC State team. A lot of people believe this NC State team is going to be better than last year's team. Just your thoughts on that game. You're excited. What are your game day plans? I know you're going to be there. So uh, just how hype are you for that game? And uh, what's, what's the plans on the docket for that game? Very excited for that game. Not only just that game, but the entire season Absolutely. as well. You know, I think this East Carolina team this year has the chance to uh, – Really be good, you know, for the first time in a long time. And, you know, it's, you know, growing up in Greenville for my whole life, you know, you, I know how special East Carolina football can be. You know, yeah. you go back to the Skip Holtz years, which is when I really first started getting into East Carolina athletics, you know, being there when they won the Conference USA championship and they beat Case Keenum in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium with Houston and it was pouring down rain. Yeah. That was awesome, you know. Yeah. You think of that, you think of, you know, when Ruffin McNeil and Lincoln Riley was here. Some of those years are really fun to be a part of. And, you know, now that Mike Houston's here, you know, Mike Houston, I think, has, has done a great job building this program back up. And it's exciting to see, you know, finally over in the first time in a quite few years have some really good excitement around this program to start the year. And, you know, when you welcome in a rival like NC State for your first game, you know, that just adds to the excitement. I know East Carolina fans are excited. I know NC State fans are excited for the game as well. But it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a hot one with it being at 12 noon. But uh, it's going to be a fun atmosphere at Dowdy Ficklin for that. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited for it myself. I mean, um, you buy so much into it. And not to say this is out of the realm of possibility or this is a ridiculous thought. But sometimes you think, man, we might shock the world. I, have a, I feel like we have a good chance to be NC State here. You just buy so much into it. Even though I think State's miles ahead, miles ahead of where we are right now, I think we can definitely make it competitive and make it within a one-possession, two-possession game for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that's all you can ask right now besides a win. Oh, absolutely. We're right in the rebuild. I can definitely see it for sure. Um, should be an interesting quarterback matchup. Holton Aylers versus Devin Leary. Holton Aylers even brought up that was one of his roomies for the uh, Manning camp, Devin Leary. So, little uh, little background there, little uh, outside background story coming into that game. Should be a lot of fun. And a quick update on ECU baseball commit Bar Parker Bird, who was involved in that horrible boating accident. Uh, Pack the Jungle at ECU Jungle on Twitter did do a fundraiser for him, and they got to 40000 as their goal right now. Um, they're now increasing it to 50000 Seems like they keep up in the ante. I think it started out as only like 15000 It just kept progressively getting more and more. I saw the American Conference donated $500. I 
So if you want to donate to that fundraiser for a great kid who was involved in a horrific accident, who was the commit for ECU baseball in Parker Bird, go at ecujungle.com or at ecujungle on Twitter. He does have the GoFundMe link up there, and feel free to donate for sure. Just a terrible situation for a kid who had a lot of promise. At this point, the question about him playing baseball I think is not important at this point. Just We wish this kid well and hope he's just able to you know, do his thing again and just be able to live a normal life because that's definitely a horrific situation for sure. Uh, just wrapping up the show here, a lot of interesting stuff going on today. Of course, we talked about a little bit about the Aaron Rodgers psychedelic drugs and his new girlfriend, Blue of Earth. Scooter, i got to get your quick thoughts on that. How are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers uh, with this whole psychedelics deal, taking ayahuasca, and he credits it for uh, his back-to-back MVPs and his new girlfriend, uh, Blue of Earth, here? Uh, I know we were talking about it during the break. You seem to have some thoughts on it. It's uh, it's a little interesting. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think uh, you know that would never cross my mind if I was an athlete doing Absolutely that. Not, but yeah. uh, you know, hey, if it's legal, you know, why not? Why don't you? If it, if you think it helps you, then go ahead. As a as a proud owner of the Green Bay Packers, ho- that's holding, right. You're I, a Green Bay guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not a fan, but. Well, you're I have one. Winner. I have one share of the Green Bay Packers. I got it as a Christmas gift. Honestly, that's a good year. move. Yeah. I'd say you're the owner of the Green Bay Packers. Oh I yeah. Might use that on Tinder. I'll be like, <laughs> hey, you know, what little do you know? I'm the owner of the Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah. And, and what a neat thing it is to be able to do that. Yeah. The Packers be able to, just to have that opportunity. It's I cool. think that's the new move. I need to buy a share, and then these girls that don't know anything about football, I think I'm going to be I'm big time because I own a part of the Green Bay Packers. No, it is cool. And Chris said he's jealous, but I was going to say going back to the Rogers thing and psychedelics. I'm surprised that this girl, if she claims to be a witch, is not dating a Saints player. You know, they already have, like, voodoo dolls of the other teams. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're overthinking it a little bit too much, Philip. but I do get the point there. Um, dude, she's like, I don't know, she's she's trying to brainwash my boy Aaron Rodgers here. He's already going all Hollywood, and I don't know, she's trying to hook him up on drugs and, you know, just reap the benefits there. It's the classic Hollywood story here. It is when they play the Saints, man. There's going to be a lot of witchcraft going on Absolutely. there. I don't know Does she have a magic here. broom, though? I don't know. She's got, like, paint all over her face, blue hair, blue of earth. I don't know. ESPN ate the Ocho is on ESPN2 today, and they were playing Quidditch on there earlier. The so, ma- you know, magic brooms, there you go. They That's a good exist. stopping point. That's going to do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Special thanks to Phil the Ref Pilkington alongside me here as my co-host. Special thanks to Chris Cook, the uh, producer here today. Cookie, intern uh, Mississippi there. Always good to have him here chiming in on the Raiders. And special thanks to my guest, Scott Scooter Rogers. See you, buddy. We'll see you next week, Monday. Restaurant is where the fiesta never ends. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Wednesday for shrimp tacos for only $9.99. Plus, Wednesday means all Mexican imports for just $2.75. Thursdays, enjoy your favorite beef, chicken, or vegetable fajitas for only $9.99. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's Mexican Restaurant in downtown Greenville and online at Chico'sRestaurant.com. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends.